Dynasty Podcast presents Dynasty Panelcasts, a live panel discussion with industry experts and innovative creatives. Hosted by Haima Black. No RSVP required. Thank you, everybody, for being here tonight at Mosaic, and thank you to Mosaic for hosting us here tonight in Fulton Market with Dynasty Podcasts. My name is Haima Black. I am the host and founder of Dynasty Podcasts. We are the first ever and longest running music podcast in the city of Chicago's history. I say that a lot. Um, so that's my deal, but way more interesting than myself. Oh, no. Stop. For real. Don't say that. <laughs> um, we have really killer panelists here tonight, and I say that every time we do a panel, but I always mean it because I'm very excited about who we have here tonight. So tonight's panel theme is Instagram and visual storytelling strategies. And man, I don't know if anybody embodies that better than the three people I have up here tonight. Oh. Uh, directly to my right, we have Elise Swopes, AKA at Swopes. I think everybody seems to work. Yeah. <laughs> we have Dennis Lawrence, uh, who incredible Instagram talent and visual talent works oh. with Really cool design work with like blues and oranges and cool lights and like very supernatural kind of feel. Um, and all over the event page, I have links to everybody's work. So please, like while we're talking, like look at people's work so you really get a sense of what everybody's work looks like. Very excited to have Dennis and then Chuck Anderson. Uh, uh, thanks. Uh. <laughs> uh, Chuck Anderson, aka No Pattern, um, another one who a lot of us has seen his work and. Chuck, uh, we just had him on Dynasty Podcast recently. Um, we went really in-depth about like his experience in Chicago, and he's somebody who's really done it all. Um, and is also um, very high up with Havas. Is it, what's the role again? Uh, my title there officially is the Creative Director of Design, but I usually just say Design Director. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's give it up for an, an awesome panel here. So I know he gave us like a very very tight, short introduction here, but I'd love to have all of you guys, and no order, whoever wants to start, uh, I'd love to have each of you talk about kind of how you got your start as a visual artist or as a creative. Oh, God. Hmm. You want to go, like, oldest to youngest, or what do you want to do? <laughs> whoever wants to jump in. Um, I can go ahead, yeah. Um, so how I got my start, I have been designing since I was a, a little kid. Um, my mom had surprised us one day with one with one of those really big like blue backed um, Apple you know Mac computers and there was this program on there called Kid Picks. I don't know if anyone had ever played around <laughs> with it but it was like literally my favorite thing in the entire world um, and that's kind of what led me into being obsessed with making things um, digitally and, and on the computer and ever since then I had been completely obsessed with just designing and creating, and eventually I learned how to create websites and um, pixel images and, and, and made tutorials, and I owned my first website when I was in sixth grade, um, which was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, but eventually, you know, I got into high school, middle school, and I kind of fell off with design. I was wor more worried about, you know, friends and, um, you know, just stuff that really didn't matter at the time, but eventually I got... Um, accepted into Columbia College, and I went there for broadcast journalism. Um, and at the time, TRL was on TV, and I wanted to be a VJ. <laughs> and unfortunately, TRL got canceled the year that I started broadcast journalism. So then I was like, oh, my dream is over, but I still really 
loved designing, um, so I went for graphic design, and then um, I eventually dropped out, though, and because Instagram came into my life in 2010, um, going into 2011, and at first I was just posting pictures of, like, macaroni and cheese and, like, cat pictures and selfies. Um, we all start somewhere, and... <laughs> um, Eventually, I, I, you know, the app market started becoming really um, crazy and immersed with just really amazing apps that we um, are able to create amazing art with. And from that, I was inspired, and I used my already, um, you know, the understanding I already had for design and, and, and Photoshop and stuff like that, um, and, and used that to create things with my iPhone. And from there, I was put on the suggested user list on Instagram. I gained over 100,000 followers from that. Um, and people are always like, well, where did you get all your followers from? I normally tell them I paid for them. That's always really, that goes over really well. Um, but no. You're like, why didn't you just think of doing that? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but no, I mean, obviously my work has just always been really good. I think I've always just really, really loved and been passionate about um, everything mobile and, and mobile photography and mobile editing. And I've just been really a huge advocate for it. Um, so that's basically my, my beginning in, in uh, arts. Yeah. Should we just go in order? Yeah. Go for it. Like, yeah. Uh, the origin story. Um, <laughs> I guess I was always trying to be creative as a as a kid growing up, but nothing really stuck. Tried drawing and dancing. Well, I guess I still dance, but um, yeah. it's really more for fun. He dances um, really good. <laughs> um, let's see. From like doing poetry to spoken word, but nothing really stuck. And then uh, my dad's a photographer, but he's like a hobbyist. Um, but I always had a camera around me, and then I transferred schools uh, junior of high school. I met this kid, Bakari, and he had a camera, and I was like, that was so crazy, because I was under this uh, impression that photography was like a very adult thing. It's a lot of money, it's a lot of responsibility, kid can do that, but he was Bakari doing it, so I got a job that was like, lasted eight weeks with my school, saved every paycheck, and bought my first camera, and that same week, I got my first uh, like smartphone. I had like a Galaxy S3 or something, and uh, I got Instagram. So I was just posting my photos on Instagram, just naturally, just like, well, whatever. And I found out about like people like on the internet met up with each other and took photos. And how uh, <laughs> weird that sounds, but uh, I was like, okay, <laughs> sure, why not? And um, it was awesome. It was great. <laughs> and um, I just kept doing that. I was like really obsessed with photography and Instagram. So I just kept meeting up with people all over the city. And at that time, I hadn't really even explored Chicago. I had barely been anywhere. So it was a really great like experience for me to like experience my city and meet the creatives in it. And um, I guess that's been doing it, doing that. You end up getting a job, I guess, real life stuff now. But uh, yeah, the start. I feel so old. My first phone was the Nokia candy bar one. It had snake on it. And then I had, a, I had three Motorola razors. You were probably like four. Damn. I'm only 32. I'm not that old. but I, like, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. I had a pink razor. <laughs> So, uh, trying to give just kind of the nutshell, because like I could go down a lot of different paths with this, but um, you know, I grew up loving art. I'm you know 32. I feel like first half of my life, no computer. Um, second half of my life, computer. First half was drawing, and just like my my dad was really great um, at drawing, and so I just kind of wanted to like be good like he was, and and so I did a lot of that. Um, and then I started taking it really seriously as I got into high school. Um, got to the point where like they had Photoshop class, but I knew way, way more than the teachers did because I had gotten pirated versions of Photoshop. 
And this is in like 2001, so like no social media, it wasn't even a thing yet, didn't, it wasn't a term. Um, Photoshop, I was getting illegal copies from like Kazaa and LimeWire, if anybody in this room remembers that. And I was actually at a, in San Francisco yesterday at Adobe and I was being filmed for a Adobe project and I said on camera that my first copy of Photoshop was stolen from the internet. And I was like, I hope that was cool, but I'm just letting you know, that's how you got me as a customer. So it's, I mean, it's just honest. So. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, for me, it was just a natural curiosity. I just loved to make things, and then eventually got introduced to Microsoft Paint when I was like 13 years old, and I was like, well, I could just like fill in like a shape and then undo it. That's cool. So I just got obsessed with the immediacy of that. Um, and then again, like Photoshop taught myself that. And then uh, I was, uh, when I was 18 in high school, I was, I was going to go to Columbia. Actually, I had a small scholarship. My family, we just didn't have like, a lot of money for it. I'm like, I'm going to take a year off. And then in that year is kind of when like everything happened. Um, you guys are all probably familiar with Threadless. One of my shirts is one of the first, <laughs> this is really date myself, but uh, it was one of the first 50 shirts that won. And then I was one of Threadless's first six employees. I just packed t-shirts there and it was just my entry point into getting to know creative people in Chicago because I lived in the suburbs and it was like my one opportunity that I had to go work somewhere cool. Um, guy that worked there named Jeffrey started giving me a project to do uh, flyers for Smart Bar. Um, I wasn't even 21 yet. I couldn't even go to these shows I was doing flyers for, but 100 bucks a pop sounded like good to me at the time. And um, yeah, so I just got addicted to like client work and doing things for people and it kind of been, uh, um, just kind of snowballed and built on that. Um, more and more client stuff came my way through just kind of putting myself out there, guessing a lot of email addresses, reaching out to people and crossing my fingers that they'd write back to me. And um, yeah, and here we are. I've been doing it for, yeah, I started at 18, 32, 14 years now, um, I guess professionally, which is super weird. Um, but yeah. So what I like about all of your stories, and they're all very different, but it seems like a common thread that does run through what each of you is saying is that there was a heavy sense of like, of DIY, of you each like being self-starting, self-motivated, being curious about a lot of these new digital tools that have developed over the last, let's say, 20 years. I mean, especially Chuck, like you remember, like in the 90s, we weren't using computers for creative work, mm -hmm. you know? So this is a relatively, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this is a relatively new thing, yeah. everything we're doing. Uh, talk about, I guess, that sense of DIY or that sense of like self-starting, because I think something that it's worth you know, hearing for some people is that you don't really have to wait till like a Habas or an Adobe oh, yeah. or somebody like approaches you, right? Yeah. Mm. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny, like when I got my start in 2004, it was both harder and easier for me than it would be for someone starting today. Harder because there was not any way to just directly connect with people. Like there wasn't like Instagram, there was DMs. I mean, you, again, so you have to like really think about the time. In 2004, like Facebook didn't even come out until like 2008 or something. Or so, I don't like, know. In no, terms of like people then. being able to use Six, it, yeah. Two, seven, I mean, it was just like, like that. So, yeah. So it was just like if you wanted to get in touch with someone, you had to reach out or get to know. You really had to just kind of do the ground, you know, the footwork yourself. Um, but it was all. But it was easier because the market was not saturated. Like there was no competition. So when I got in touch with a guy at ESPN in 2004. He didn't have like a million other people hitting him up. I just, you know, now it's just like, man, it'd be nice to have like all these tools at my disposal and like 16 year old kids can like have followers on Instagram and younger kids than that. It's amazing. So, but it's also way more saturated now. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's interesting, like the juxtaposition of, of us up here kind of getting starts at different times and like what that, what the different challenges were, because like, I don't know 
what it's like to like get that entry point where the competition is so fierce, but also have like every tool you could ever want like in your phone, basically. You know. Yeah. For sure. Well, um, just to like piggyback, off, you said something about how like you knew more than your teachers. You know, I, I found myself feeling like that a lot at Columbia, and I think that that kind of jumps off the DIY kind of thing is like. You know, and I, and I like to call myself a child of the internet. Like, I, I think I was blessed to kind of grow up in that age where, you know, everything is kind of at a Google, at our fingertips. And, you know, I, I kind of, whatever I felt like figuring out, I could figure out easily. Um, and I think that's somewhat of a trouble for me, too, is that I wanted to fill it, finish college. But the issue at Columbia was that they weren't, they weren't allowing me to work outside of class, and they weren't allowing me to um, have a profession that that you know was lucrative and that they cared about. And and that was always um, I don't know that was always a trouble for me. And I think that's definitely something a lot of people struggle with is thinking you know um, should I go to college or should I um, you know find other people to teach me? But I think that's that's always going to be a question for everything, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm a self-taught person. Everything I know is self-taught. Every single piece of it. And there's no book about um, the social media stuff. You know, we all started at off at different different places. Um, some harder, some easier than others. And um, what the way I got started was testing out apps. That's basically all I did was just people would send me emails and they'd be like, Hey, can you edit a photo with my app? And I got paid, you know, $500 for that or something. Um, but that was like the kind of intro for me doing promoted posts on Instagram. Um, and at the time, we didn't have to put hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored. It was a little bit more. The not, golden age. Yeah, right. And FTC wasn't really looking for you. But, um, and I still don't think they are. I don't, I see, you know, these celebrities with like millions of followers not putting hashtag ad. And I'm like, oh, why do I have to? But, um. I don't know. There's, it's, it's been such a huge learning curve because now I'm working with companies like Google and, and Nike and Adidas and uh, Kellogg's and you know like really really big brands and um, it it's all of, it's it's a learning process. There's no secret there's no secret curve and I think there's it's all about failure. Failure is really really good um, and just you know learning those lessons. But yeah, yeah, yeah. fat. Um, when you just said that because for me I feel personally that um, self-taught so it's a lot of failure with that um, and I wasn't really exposed to a lot of things that I am now of course when I was growing up so I knew little to nothing I just knew like I had this camera and I want to make stuff so um, I mean if you really wanted to take the time to, like scroll all the way back it's like a lot of just me experimenting like it's like a different vibe in like every like set of three or photos or whatever because I was just doing like oh lifestyle photos oh nighttime photos portrait photos whatever it was like I was just interested in photography and then I found out like oh I kind of like this weird conceptual portrait storytelling thing all right I'm gonna run with that um, and it took me a really long time to get to that point like at least like a year and a half so um, when I actually got there that was nice but I think you have to be ready to like keep falling and then like stay true to what you want to do. Um, at one point, I was posting like a ton of architecture posts and like the whole like rooftop scene was just a fun time. But like for me, it wasn't really like that exciting. I just like people a lot more. So then I just made that transition to like, yo, I want to do this. So this thing like true to yourself and like really like up in that because at first people didn't really like it, but then I actually got good at it. And um, 
now, I don't know, you, you guys are here, so that's cool. And um, yeah, that's all, just using the app, using social to my advantage and just posting what I wanted, and then I think it's just been well received so far. So I think it's safe to say, and feel free to correct me, I think it's safe to say each of you uses Instagram, among other ways, as a portfolio of sorts. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of develop that consistent tone, that consistent voice, that visual kind of approach where people are able to identify like, oh, that's a Swope's picture, like, oh, that's, you know, no pattern, it's, that's Dennis, like, how did you develop that visual identity? I mean, honestly, I think, and I've said, I could re repeat this over and over again, I think it's, you know, people will say, fake it till you make it, I don't believe in that one bit, I think, um, when you are your truest self and you actually really love something and you're passionate about it, People are going to see that and they're going to recognize that and act on that. And I think a lot of people now are really too concerned with this idea of like a theme of their page or a style, you know, but it's like, I don't think that that's the way to do it. That's you trying to put a facade or, or, or something that's just not genuine. And that's fine if that's really, really what you want to do, you know, but you have to, that's what you want to do. But I think there's something really powerful about you actually naturally creating something that you actually love and that you want to share with people. And then that style and that theme will kind of come with that because that's you and that's what you like and that's what you do, right? Um, and um, <clears throat> a lot of people sometimes ask me, like, you know, where did, where did the giraffe come from? I put giraffes in my photos a lot. And the giraffe came from... Um, actually, at the beginning, when I started editing on my phone, I would put a lot of different animals in my shots. There was, like, hippos, there was wolves, there was, like, all types of uh, elephants. And um, for some reason, people just caught on with the giraffe. They really loved the giraffe, and they would always ask me, when are you going to do another giraffe edit? And so at the end of the day, it wasn't really about me anymore. It was about the people and what the people kind of loved. And um, it was, at this point, the giraffe is almost like a collaboration between the public and myself, you know, when someone is kind of missing the giraffe, they'll send me a comment, they'll be like, hey, where's the giraffe at? And then that'll kind of be like, you know what, I'm gonna do a giraffe edit real quick and I'm gonna give it to them. <laughs> and that's the fun part about this camaraderie between, and I, I hate to call them fans, but you know, it's a realistic situation, but they're friends to me too, is that we've come so far from these last five, six years of this Instagram stuff that there's people who I know so much, but I've never met them and I don't, you know, but they've always supported and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's a huge camaraderie with the social media aspect. Um, and, um, you know, staying true to who you are is, is, is very, very, very key in all of that. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> um, I have to agree 100%. Uh, I think definitely keeping it natural because, like, when I discovered, like, the blue orange thing, I just, like, so one, you have to be kind of crazy, and then, like, because <laughs> <laughs> um, when I discovered that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't, I'm not sick of this, and I just obsessed for it, obsessed over it for, like, well, until now, and, um, um, but also not, it's also, like, setting the standard because, like, oh, I like, oh, I like this, cool, oh, other people like it, sweet, but, like, how do you keep pushing that? How do you make it, keep refining it? How do you keep making it better? And, um, like, I can, you know, everybody here probably has like different like sets of edits or their their style that they keep changing or that they've learned from their style. And um, yeah, it's been so fun just trying to like keep up in that and then experiment with different colors and that style and just like transferring that to different locations or areas or whatever or ideas, whatever it is. 
and um, this really just got us obsessed over it and practice, 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 practice. Like seriously, like I was shooting like day to night every single day for like a year and a half, just like trying to get it down. So for me, being obsessive. Um, I think like my like entry point was really different because like I'd already had a career going for a long time once Instagram came on and like at first it was just like here's a picture of my shoes, here's my house, like, I mean, no one was using it in the way that we're using it now, and there wasn't, like, a market, there wasn't, like, influencers, so, so, like, at first, for me, it was just kind of, like, a behind the scenes of what I was already doing, like, of my life, like, here's my office, here's, like, my book collection, here, I, like, I like showing things I collect, like, you know, whatever, like, is around the house that might be, like, of interest to me that I think other people would like to see, um, and eventually, like, just there was kind of a sea change in, like, what Instagram was and, like, what it was for. And it started becoming this, like, competitive thing. And, like, how come they're not following me? And how come I don't have this many followers yet? I feel like I deserve this many followers. And, and like, I, you know, like, I, when it kind of started feeling like that, um, especially like, when I moved back to Chicago, I lived in Michigan for about five years and then moved back to Chicago. And, like, I just felt this intensity here of, like, everyone was just, like, obsessed with it and, like, you know, getting crazy shots and, like, you know, I was like, oh, this is like a whole culture now. It's like a whole thing. And, you know, so for me, it was just like another portfolio type of outlet eventually, whereas like I had my own site and I had Behance and like, you know, I have Facebook and I post stuff on Twitter, like whatever. So eventually it kind of developed into what it is now, which is more just like kind of this stream of consciousness for me. Like it's, I don't, I, I post like final pieces. I post like stuff I'm out shooting. If I'm shooting for like the bulls, I'll post like, you know, one or two things from that, but then I might post like some random picture of clouds I took four years ago, and I just felt like digging up and like I was like, this looks cool. Here you go, look at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I mean, now it's like a legitimate. I think the thing is now it's like become such a legitimate play, like tool for people to grow a career out of. It's not a joke. It's not like it's very real that people are getting paid and making their livelihood off of this platform. So. Um, like being good at Instagram has really become a thing or being good at Twitter, being good at these things. I actually really like Instagram way more now that stories is a part of it because like I used uh, Snapchat to like a degree, but like I didn't, I was just like, whatever. Like I was just making these like emoji art things and I was like, this is, I mean, it was fun. It was cool and it takes like a lot of time to do them, but like eventually when I feel like Instagram stories did a really nice job of basically like merging what Snapchat was into their platform and I suddenly only had to open one app, not two, to achieve Amazing. two different things. So for me, like Instagram stories is like a behind the scenes of all the stuff you might see on my feed and like it is a bit of a bad habit. Like I, I, I in terms of like what I will or won't post like to Instagram, like I have, I have some really good friends who just like post really just kind of whatever is interesting in their life and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't post that on my normal Instagram because it not many people are interested in that, but I could post it on Instagram stories. So like I do reserve kind of like final, like polished work in a sense, or like sketchbooky type of things for my, like what I actually post on Instagram. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really fascinating too. And it's really changed that. Um, and you, you guys both know a lot of people here know this, but like, like followers, like, man, I just, I wish that it just didn't say numbers on there. I really do. Like, I wish I could just see someone's work and like appreciate it and that's it and not be like, oh, there's a K or there's an M or there's cool. only a, you know, a couple hundred, but they might have amazing work. Like, I don't like what that's done to us creatively. I think it's like an obsession that like a lot of people have, it's really like kind of, on one hand, maybe like you've both felt motivation from like wanting the attention and like wanting the followers, but at the same time, I think like it really gets in our head and we might like get down on ourselves because 
we don't have enough followers or like we're not cool to, because we're not at that point yet or we haven't been this or that and like that's toxic. So I think like it's just like balancing and figuring out how to use it smartly and, and try and stay positive and remember at the end of the day it's just like a great place to share your work and like connect with people and like come to things like this and you know take it seriously but like not so seriously that it like gets you down you know like you shouldn't be waking up and like oh, I'm not <laughs> oh, I didn't blow up overnight oh. <laughs> but if that does happen it's cool just don't like wait for it like it yeah. <laughs> I mean I I am gonna be honest and say I just got verified today. Um, <laughs> and when he said, <laughs> it, struck, it struck a nerve because I, there have definitely been days where I cried about it um, and cried about the fact that I saw other people getting verified. And I had to tell them, I had to ask myself sometimes, like, really, what are you upset about, you know? And I think that's when I kind of woke up and started you know, really thinking and digging deep and realizing, you know, what's important about what I do and, and what um, I'm trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I got the Verify, but there was also a piece of me that, that learned a, a, value, a very valuable lesson in that, that, um, you know, that's, that's not everything. You know, I'm curious. I want to ask you a question about it. I'm really yeah. curious because, like, what is the, like, so now that you have it, yeah. like, what does that change for you? Like, does it, is it like a, um, and not to like be self-referential, but like, no. is it like a self-validation thing or is it like, a, okay, now I've actually made it even though you already have a lot of followers and your work's really great and you've done yeah. awesome stuff? Like, <laughs> because ultimately it's just some person at Instagram yeah. who knows you who just like clicked a, a little switch in an interface, you know, right. but like, but right. it does say something about when someone right. sees your work. So I'm just curious, like. Yeah, I mean, that's a very important question and a lot of people were always asking me why do you care um, I think it's good for business that's just my point of view um, I that's think the best answer I was, I'm really glad you said that <laughs> yeah. sorry I'm just being real with you I think there's a bigger check in it um, verify check get a bigger no check doubt. no doubt um, <laughs> that's and then also I've dedicated five six years of my entire life to Instagram the least they can do is just give me a damn verify and that's basically the honest truth um, and that's that's literally it. That's good. When, when Elise <laughs> walked up to the building today and I met her outside, I was like, thank you for still coming through. I saw you just got verified. Like, <laughs> you must be still so taking busy my phone right. call. <laughs> you know. I got verified on Twitter two days ago, but not on Instagram. And I, I, mean, I just want to keep it that way. Yeah. I want to get it verified on Facebook. Like, I'm the real me, Mom. Like, <laughs> that's really me. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're talking, I mean, we're talking about a lot of great things, but one of the things that keeps coming up is that each of you is using your visual presence in different ways as a business or as a connector to, to business opportunities, you know, as a portfolio. Like, how do you view it when it's not just like, oh, cool, like, like I'm not a visual artist. Like, I'm obviously, like, podcast, et cetera. Um, I like Instagram, but Instagram is not the platform that I'm trying to, like, build my career off of. So I think I probably view it differently than you guys. Talk a little bit about, like, viewing that as a business, approaching it that way, what kind of doors is it opened, et cetera. Yeah. I'm, I mean, oh, like, man. it's a big, I know it's a big, no, I mean, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's very real though. Cause like, honestly, like both, of, I feel like both of you could really, and like a lot of, a lot of people, like, especially more like just a couple of years younger than me, really like don't need a website really. It's like, go to my Instagram. Like that's your portfolio. That's your selling tool. And yeah. it's, it's honestly amazing. Cause I busted my ass, like typing out HTML in like notepad back in the day, trying to build like horrible websites. And like, it's pretty awesome. You can just upload your work and like, there it is. And you get hired for it. I think it's yeah. like. That to me is probably like one of the coolest things. I feel like when I, I don't think to necessarily go to your site. It's like I'm just like right. look at their Instagram. That's that's where you see it. Like it's. No. I, I, I mean, you know, I, 
I definitely spent an entire week like straight fixing my website and I was really, really obsessed with it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like something really important to me. Like I love my Instagram hub and like, but that's always been a, a, a thought for me is thinking like, what if Instagram just collapses one day yeah. and I have literally nothing? Yeah, right. So I had to like kind of think about a, a different like, um, you know, place where people can go to see the things rather than on Instagram, but it's all still very connected, of course. Um, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, I still don't have a website. <laughs> you and, do? Um, I was on it. No, it, it's like it's there, but I don't like. I don't. Is it like I'm a not, Tumblr with like a oh URL. God, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, Designs.biz. Like, oh, no, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like it's like it's there, but it's not like anywhere where I wanted to be, and it's been like that for like at least eight months now. Um, and it's it's my fault, but um. I think it still like has an important place because like just recently I just did like a food gig, right? I don't like I don't know if people even know I shoot food, right? Um, and like if my website showed that, it's like oh that's that's some if someone like I said that to a client like hey check that out I did this and it's presenting really well then that's another that's more money. Um, whereas Instagram you can only post so much at one time, so. I mean, it's great because I post what I want on Instagram and the clients that usually hit me up through that are like the project I look forward to. But just like having like a little bit more variety with a website, I think it still has like its place. Yeah. Um, I think, Elise, you said some really important, like, like, there's a good chance that in 20 years, like none of us are using Instagram. There's a good <laughs> chance in five years, none of us are using yeah. Instagram. There's a good chance we are though, but like yeah. because of that, like because it's not our platform, like I feel it's super important to own your own platform of some degree. So like my site, nopattern.com, I got when I was 17 and I was in high school, it was just like picking, I was like coming up with a band name. Like I just wanted something besides like Chuck Anderson. It didn't have a ring to it. <laughs> so I was like, I need to go by like a moniker, like a different name. And so I came up with that, and that became, like, the embodiment of my work and my portfolio, and it just became synonymous, like, with that title. And honestly, like, my identity, much like it sounds like for you, like, with your identity very much wrapped up in Instagram, like, my identity is, like, very wrapped up in my website because, like, that's where you can see what I have spent the last 14 years of my life doing, and, like, it's super important. And, like, over the last year, I just relaunched it, like, super comprehensive new site, like, about three months ago. And from last March, I had a Behance site for a couple of years prior and they shut down and merged with Adobe and I did not like what Adobe did with it. And so I just took my site down and I had no site for a whole year. And like, it was honestly like, it drove me nuts. Cause like I procrastinated so bad on like getting my site together and I have so much work where it's like, I need to catalog it. Like Instagram can't be my portfolio because I have design, I have illustration, I have mm -hmm. photography. I've got old client stuff and I want to put an archive together. So it's just like, it's not a good platform for that. So like, I think it's important to own your own platform to some degree for archiving purposes and organizational purposes so that like just like the blue check mark is you know a nice like kind of selling point as you as a business so is being able to easily access your work and like since I got my new site up three months ago like opportunities have like started cropping up again tenfold than they were during the year that I had it down no joke like several opportunities a week because and referencing stuff from my site because they can go there and find it and like save it to a PDF, whatever, and send me a deck and like, you know what I mean? So it's, exactly. I think it's like the, the social media is a um, supplement to what for me at least is like the core with like the website and then all the other stuff is kind of like supplemental and sort of like embellishing like the bigger picture. Like that's Absolutely. how I kind of see it. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I've um, comfortably made my Instagram my business card 
Um, when I meet people, you know, I and I think everyone should be on top of this. I think it's much better to show someone visually rather than tell them, you know, by word what right. you do. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always got my Instagram ready at hand and just kind of my phone ready that yeah. for someone to hold and, and, and handle and do themselves. And I think there's something really powerful about that. Um, but also, like Chuck yeah. said, I have also just, be, you know, with Instagram being my hub, there are still so many emails that I get that come from my contact page on my website. Mm -hmm. um, and there are people basically saying, I just saw your Instagram, but I just went through your website, saw your project links, all that. Like, that's extremely important. Um, so it's definitely boosted, like, you know, work. Um, it's definitely boosted my, you know, branding. Um, yeah, it's important. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like the last question, I always have my questions on my phone because last thing I want is to be up here like talking to smart people in blank, like I don't know what I was going to ask you. So the last question literally was going to be about, you know, what do you do when like a platform evolves or a platform gets bought out or like, mm -hmm. I remember there were a lot of people who had like a huge MySpace presence and that is a dead I think but even more recently though, like really real is like Vine. Like there's a lot of people oh. who are getting, I mean, like, but like, off too, right? They yeah, just I, took all the numbers and everything. Yeah, but I mean, like, it doesn't even matter. and like, yeah. and like, just for me, like, it was fun. But like, there's a lot of people who were like getting like internet famous on Vine and then plateaued and then just dropped right off. And like, I don't know, like, who are these like 14 year old kids that were making a bunch of money? Like, well, who, you know, what I mean? But like, they suddenly like they either like adapted and found YouTube yeah. or they just yeah, like vanished pretty much. Yeah. So like, that's a crazy one. Like, and that's what you think. Like, what if Instagram like change? What if Facebook like radically changes Instagram, which they've already what started they doing? So, so then um, along those lines, is it important, you know, and like this is kind of in regards to anyone in the audience, like is it important to not just be really great at one thing but also know like, well, okay, like Instagram's my main thing or podcasting's my main thing or whatever it is, but, you know, I, like we have our stuff posted on SoundCloud. I read an article every month about like SoundCloud's going to do this and every month in the back of my head is like I need to set aside a weekend and mm -hmm. back that whole thing up in mm -hmm. case whatever happens. Right. So like is it enough to just be great on one platform, one medium, or, you know, maybe from a marketing side, all these things, do you kind of have to be like, well, I specialize in video, but I can also do design and coding and whatever? Hmm. I think those specialties you mentioned are really different than platforms, though. Like, podcasting True. is your, like, art, and then right. Instagram is, like, maybe an outlet for that art, whereas for Elise or... Like, that's really where that stuff ends up living. So right. it's very different for you. So I think, like, separating out that concept of, like, I'm a painter, but I also love Twitter. Like, figure right. out, like, the smartest way to showcase your paintings on Twitter. Be good at painting and then figure out how to, like, sell yourself, essentially, by being normal and, like, just putting it out there in, like, a very easy to, like, appreciate way. So I think, like, it's almost like two different questions, I feel like, in a, yeah. in a way, like, being good at that stuff. But I'll let you guys... Mm. I feel like you just have to be good at social, like being social and putting your work out, no matter what the app is. Because, I mean, if Instagram does crash or whatever, and whatever places it, I mean, it's not like we're not going to all hop on that and then do the same thing, right? You know, or adjust to it. I mean, hmm. I mean, if you know how to use social, if you know how to present your work, I feel like it's not really an issue. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna be the one that pretends like I didn't get on Instagram in the correct time, and that's why I have all the followers that I have. Because that's definitely the case. Because mm -hmm. um, when I got on Instagram, no one was on there. I remember shooting photos and posting to there, and people being like, "What app is that? I've never seen that before." Um, so that definitely helped. Um, you know, 
I, I have a saying, luck is preparation times opportunity. And for me, I was already prepared um, in design and understanding of social media. Like you said about MySpace, I had... Yeah. A, a lot of friends on MySpace. I used to design and sell layouts on, on MySpace. So there was just, you know, that understanding. And then just by chance, I downloaded an app and I was on there, you know, and I got my username and I just started from there. So um, it, it depends, but uh, I, for, I always blank. I always, that's do all right. I always I think, forget like what I'm talking about. I but, think we had like really good answers yeah, to that. And good. we're gonna, we'll do one or two more and then I would imagine people, you guys probably have some questions in the audience, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you cool. do. Uh, so not let's yet. let's knock out one or two more. Okay. We already we already knocked out my big ending question, but uh, oh what are some mistakes you see creators and creatives make when they're hmm. developing? You know, I don't want to go too broad and be like their whole brand, but like I'm the visual side. What are some Instagrams um, mistakes you see? Some like storytelling, some visual kind of like things where you see you see people do it, and you're like, oh, that's that's not the way, dude. Mm. Hmm. I don't know if there's, I don't know, is there, I mean, like, is there, I mean, there, I don't know that there's a right and a wrong way. I just think there's an effective and an ineffective sure. way. Sure, like, that so might like, be a better way to phrase it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like, I think, depending on what you do, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know, that's a, that's a weird one for me, because I follow well, different people for different reasons. Yeah. Some people, frankly, like, I want to just see kind of, like, where they're at, because their travels are cool. Like, my mm-hmm. life's not particularly, like always interesting so like the most interesting thing I have to share is like my creative output not like where I am at any given moment but like Instagram stories is cool for that like my only thing about like is just maybe like not oversharing and overdoing it like Mm -hmm. that to me is something where I'm like all right like I'm good like you wouldn't want that with a person like in real life where you're just someone's just non-stop talking or just like in your face you just like it's just like in anything just like you know chill just moderation (laughs) yeah everything in moderation Um, hmm I think it's important to be engaging in social and in real life. Like, the fact that we're all here right now trying to, like, learn stuff, I think it's really important that you kind of put, like, a face to our fees or our work. And then, like, also talking on social and, like, exchanging or commenting or just, like, being, like, involved. Because, like, oh, that's cool. That person's doing stuff. And then in real life, it's like, oh, he's, like, that person's a real person. Like, not just this mysterious person on the Internet, which is, like, a lot of things. But um, I think what really worked for me is that I was just, like, I was meeting people on the Internet, and then I was meeting people in, like, Chicago or, like, whatever I was. And I think that was, like, a really cool balance to see, like, oh, he's that person's real. And I think, like, just engaging with, like, the senses, like, just, like, knowing that someone's there or the first that you met them, that gives them, like, a stronger impression of their work. So, yeah. You know, it kind of sucks, actually, because there's no secret to this question um, because I have met people who are, like, so talented and, like, they have all the followers in the world and then they're, like, the worst person in the world. And, like, um, the other way around. Like, you know, they their work is not so good, but, you know, they're really, really amazing people. Um, so, you know, advice for me um, and for people on how to, you know, brand themselves well, I guess, like I said earlier, just be honest with yourself. Sorry, I keep not talking into it. But um, just be honest with yourself. Like, be very genuine and, and transparent um, because you can only, you know, fake it for so long. And like I always say, you're going to have to show up one day and show out. And you really, you know, people are going to, they're going to know when you, when you know something and when you don't. So, you know, genuine 
genuine interactions and, and genuine love for something can really take you a very, very long way. Um, and if you're in, 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 in or, oh man, God, it's not as annoying anymore on Instagram, but there's just, you know, a lot of people who are always like, follow for follow, mm -hmm. and can you shout me out? And those are the people that, that are just, ah, I don't understand <laughs> them because it's just so annoying and so abrasive. Like, just don't be annoying, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> because no one, like, no one, ah, no one likes someone like that necessarily. But um, sometimes it works. For some people, I have some friends who at first I met them and I was like, please get away from me. And now I absolutely adore them. So um, I don't know. That's just that's that's why I say there's no secret to this, because it's really just on a feel basis. And like I said earlier, there's no book for this and there's no there's no written recipe. I did, I did think of one thing that, like, I think is just, like, as old as the internet itself. Like, don't engage in negativity. Just avoid mm -hmm. it and just even delete it. Like, if you just, but don't let it, like, don't let it distract you from, like, what you're trying to do. So, like, if you post something and, you know, someone wants to knock it down a peg by, like, saying something about you or Block. about the work or mocking <laughs> it or whatever, just, like... I mean, and I've gotten better at this as if I've gotten older. Like, I, I'm, it's much easier to just, like, let things slide because I just know that there's far more important things. And right. frankly, like, they aren't spending their time making something and they're spending it, right. like, criticizing me. So it's just, like, I just, it's not worth your time. So I, that, that, to me, is probably the biggest mistake you can make in... Like, I don't know, save that for real life. If someone wants to come up to you and, like, say something, like, then, like, oh. have at it, you know. But they won't do it, you know. And so, no. I wish no, no one's as brave in real life as they are on the internet. No, Ooh, but, it, but, that's, a, but that's, like, that goes back to, like, when I first started on the internet and there was, like, design forums and people are just, going, you know, like, YouTube comments, just that, the bullshit. Ooh, just, YouTube. like, just don't, just, just like, story. you know, just be positive and just don't, don't, like, interact with it. It's just best practice not to. One more thing, and I will let get you guys like um, notes on this. Um, uh, let's see, like this word content, um, and maybe and maybe because I like hear it like fifty times a day, um, I feel like I see a lot of people like calling their art content like all the time, and you know, I'm like, this, <laughs> and like it still chills down my spine. Like it makes me very sad because like content has like a timeline, like a intended audience, uh, a dude, like a client, and I'm just like, but. That's your art. I don't know. Like, you just want to make that. You want to send like a mattress from yourself. So uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I've never been one to be really attached to words. So whatever you want to do is what you want to do. Mm. At the end of the day, I mean, if someone wants to call it content, that's on them. But like, it's not me. I don't. I mean, you're obviously from a a, a different perspective. Mm. Um, so when someone says content, I'm like. That's cool. That's your stuff, right? Because, but when you say when you say content, you're thinking like the like literal term, like business, you know. Yeah. Um, which I can respect, and you know, I think there's something uh, really important about um, keeping the integrity of you know something that's actually what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. You know, people people just need to be genuine about their stuff. Fair. I think that's a really good place to leave it. I mean, you guys just shared so much amazing information. Let's give it up for our amazing panelists here tonight. Elise Swopes, Dennis Lawrence, Chuck Anderson, thank you guys so much for doing this. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.